and welcome to this week's episode of And the Pod Goes To, presented by The Message Board. I am Alex. With me always is my co-host, Nathan. Nathan, do you ever want to tell everyone where we're recording from this week? Yeah, so this week we are recording from the tier bucket for all the teams that missed the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. I can tell you mine is very uh, just, full. Yeah, just it, ta- it, it feels and tastes like sweat and disappointment. It's a little salty. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Um, it's 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 been a some, tough it's been a tough March Madness or a tough college basketball year for some of us. Right, and not, we'll get into that. <laughs> we'll get into. Um, that. We'll get into that. It's just you know it's always fun to watch those games and like. Of course, you get like the the once a year fans who are like, oh, we're almost gonna make the tournament, and then they don't make the tournament, and then they still care less. That's fair. That's fair. I'm still going to watch a lot AKA of college basketball. Any, and, and what I mean by that is some of the NDSU fans around yeah. <laughs> here, they're like, oh, we're one away. Uh, they didn't and make it. They didn't. And and they didn't make it. And then they still just didn't care. Right. They're it like, oh, well. Zero percent. Yeah. Like, whatever. No, yeah, I, it sucked anyway. <laughs> I wish NDSU would get in every year. Like, I genuinely hope for it because it is fun to have more of a stake in the game. And it's just fun to see. The, it's fun to see right. these like the smaller teams make it in the teams that don't always make it in not that don't always get the at-large bids so it, right. it it does suck but at the same time i'm not weeping about ndsu missing out i'm i'm, I'm for sure very upset with other teams in this world that didn't make it in for sure so uh i want to start with some movie news yeah so first off with movie news oscar nominations came out today sure did um you looked at the list is there anything you were upset about that missed out anything you were excited for or were surprised by i love i love that uh emerald finale is her name the director of promising young woman is up for best director mm-hmm. because i loved yep. that movie i thought that movie was so so good um i'm very yep. happy that carrie mulligan is up for best actress i think it, i think it's really between her and uh francis mcdormand i don't think it's between anybody else for um sure. i am I'm just I'm 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 I think they got all the picks right. I know a lot of people are pissed that Delroy Lindo did not get nominated mm-hmm. for *The Five Bloods*. I'm okay with it because I didn't think it was that great of a film. I didn't think it was that pleasing of a performance to me. But I understand why people mm-hmm. would be upset. There's one interesting one. There's a factoid. So Glenn Close is nominated for Best Actress or Best Supporting Actress for uh, *Hillbilly Elegy*. Um, yep. it's never been done before that the person who has been nominated for the exact same role is also nominated for a Razzie for the same thing. Oh, so she is nominated for a Razzie for best supporting actress and nominated for an Oscar for best supporting actress in the same role. Normally it's like, Ooh. sometimes they have two in, you know, two films that come out in the same year and one's nominated right. for an Oscar. One's nominated for a Razzie. No, she got it for both. So I, I'm kind of curious so, about that. So that I've never, did you watch Hillbilly Elegy? No, all? I need to watch it now because I have to know if it's actually good or if it's really bad. Like there, there's no in between. Right. You know, like, is the Academy just, is the Academy just trying to be all artsy and look at it weirdly? Or is it like actually just, is it actually good and people just don't get it? And I don't understand because Glenn Close, yep, for a lot of years didn't get that Oscar, didn't get that Oscar. And she finally got it, I think a couple years ago. So I don't know if they're like, mm-hmm. I don't think that I didn't want to say that this is a pity Oscar nomination because it's definitely not. She's right. already gotten it, for but sure. I don't know what they saw. I, I I'm gonna have to watch to yep. find out for myself. Um, for a couple things that I was excited to see, 
Uh, Paul Racy, I've talked about a little bit when I wrote the review, but also we mentioned on the podcast, he got best supporting actor for sound of metal. Mm -hmm. He plays character, Paul. So excited to see him on the list. Like I was physically like elated to see him get that um, because I love that movie. It was so good. And he was such a big part of it. And when he didn't get the golden globes nomination, I was a little worried, but him getting the Oscar nod on that. I'm really excited about, um, First time two director two female directors for best director category, and I think um, one of them will and win. First it. time, yeah. Well, one and of them is for sure. Gonna I win. think it's gonna it's gonna be Chloe's now. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, but I also they I think I read that first time a Muslim actor I think they said has been nominated for best uh, lead actor in Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. That's awesome. So yeah, a couple, you know, big ones. Oscars this year is kind of like a it's a weird like combination of there's a lot of people really excited because obviously the Oscars have has gotten a lot of hate because of their um a lot of nominations for very white, I mean very white um, Oscars and stuff like that. At, AKA the hashtag a few years back, like Oscars so white, I think is what it was. Mm-hmm. Um so a lot of diversity in this grouping, um, you know, between races uh, religions, sexes, things like that. Um, but there's still some people that are upset, you know, like the Delroy Lindo not getting in and stuff like that. So I'm interested to see what it, you know, in a couple months when that, or in a month when that comes out, what, um, actually transpires. No, for sure. The other, other one that I was kind of weirded out was that Daniel Kalua and, uh, Lakeith Stanfield are both, both nominated for best supporting actor. When I thought that one of them should have been the just you know just actor, Lakeith Lakeith Stanfield should have been nominated for best lead actor. I'm guessing that he probably the the the, the he thought he wouldn't have had a chance to make it in, so then he put he submitted himself in the supporting actor category because this has happened before, where it was kind of weird, like with The Departed, um, Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Leonardo DiCaprio were both thrown into best supporting actor because. The, neither one of them thought they'd make it into the lead actor category for that year, so they just submit themselves in the other one and they let it happen. So I don't, I don't know right. how the, the the semantics of it work at all. But I, I that one just kind of weirded me out. And then also seeing, uh, I cannot, I'm gonna pronounce her name terribly here, uh, Maria Bakalava for <laughs> Borat. Oh yes. is nominated. But a lot of people yes. said I haven't seen it yet. Don't get me wrong, I haven't seen it yet. But a lot of people have said that she did a really good job in that movie. So like, I'm kind right. of surprised, but not surprised at the same time. Right. Like you said, it's just one of those nominations that like, especially comedy doesn't get a whole lot of at the Oscars. So for this to get nominated was a really, um, was pretty sweet. No. Yeah. It's great. No, it's pretty, I, everything I've seen so far makes sense. Nothing, nothing doesn't make sense in here. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I really need to see Minari now. Everyone's been talking about that for quite a while, and right. that one's been up for. That's actually quite up for quite a bit, quite a few Oscars. So that's one I definitely need to right. watch. Minari is a dip. Minari is kind of a weird one this year because it can't. It's up for foreign language film, even though it takes place in the U.S. Right. Um, but it can't be. It can't be a foreign movie, even though it's foreign language. Like it's kind of in a weird spot. But again, good number of, of uh, nominations. Steven Young uh, or Ewan getting nominated for that's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. No, it's super exciting. Do you have any other remarks for any of the nominations? 
no, I'm just excited. Like I said, love seeing good amounts of sound and metal on there. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like I said, that was probably my favorite movie of 2020. Um, so I hope it takes home some hardware. Awesome. What do you got next? Uh, so next up on Wednesday starts the NFL free agency. Um, are there any players you're watching or like pipe dreams for your team? The Vikings have said that they are going to start making some high profile calls. I offensive line is number one for me. And then I think, sure. I think, then I think, uh, then I think we need to stack up the defense. Cause that defense is lacking. Like I want one, yeah. I want one big offensive lineman. Cause I think we can work him around. I think we've got enough people to make it work. I think it's just the the right tackle position. I believe is our toughest, toughest position. Um, mm-hmm. So and all the offense, all the like the big name offensive linemen are already getting bought up. So. I know. And that's what's, that's what's, that's what I've been seeing. And that's what's kind of sad. So that's why I'm hoping that we can b- build up this defense. It sounds like they have, uh, um, Oh, sorry. They have um, calls out to Everson Griffin again to bring him back to the Minnesota Vikings, which I'd be super excited about. Um, trying to keep Daniel Hunter because Daniel Hunter apparently mm-hmm. is not not happy with his contract or not happy the way that the team is using him, even though he was hurt half of last year. Um, trying to keep him around. It's just we had a really young defense sure. last year, so that's definitely something they need to focus on. And I think that they're going to focus that a sure. lot of their draft you- picks on that. So there's one defensive player that like has a he's had he went through his rookie contract and he has like a good year and a half under his belt I'd say and that's Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you guys go for Bud Dupree and get that outside linebacker position or are you more like secondary based? I think it's secondary because that secondary was so weak last year. Like sure. Harrison Smith was trying his damnedest to try and do something, but there's nothing. I mean, our cornerback situation was awful last year. It's absolutely horrendous. We were getting burned on the edge there by every wide receiver. I mean, even these shitty ass receivers that are in this league, sometimes they were burning the Vikings, making them look absolutely stupid. Our rush defense have, right. has always been good. Like it's always been up there, no matter who's yeah. who's in there. That's been Zimmer's kind of like big push. It's ever since he's been head mm-hmm. coach is that rush defense. It's, it's the passing defense that looks atrocious. Do you guys try think you try and get anything out of uh, Kirk Cousins for the I, last year of his contract? I know that they have made calls to people. I know the Niners were interested for a slight period of time. I don't know the in, if the interest is still there, trying to dump Cousins in that contract. And when I say dumping that contract, it does not look bad now compared to what a lot of these other quarterbacks are signing for. Oh, not at all. It's incredible. I... I know I brought it up, but I cannot believe Taysom Hill got the contract he got. That's absolutely he's, stupid. He started in he started in ten games, yep. and he's getting thirty four million a year. And they still said that Jameis Winston is their starter going into next year. Yeah, like, that's been said. So you're so paying dumb. a guy. What's the point? I, I don't. I don't get it. <laughs> it does not make any sense to me. Like you're giving this guy a Nick Foles contract, or bigger than Nick Foles' contract, and Nick Foles' contract was absolutely stupid. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense. And you with the Steelers, I mean, you guys aren't gonna have any money to spend it all this year. So I don't know what oh, the hell you're gonna we do. We never do. We never do. Um, it's you know the two big names that Pittsburgh will lose this year is Juju mm-hmm. Smith Schuster. But you have they have a solid wide receiver core still without him. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope uh, fucking numbnuts Mapletron starts <laughs> gets his head out of his ass. That's going to be tough. But other than that, they have a solid core, especially with like Eric Ebron being there. But if uh, 
if Deontay Johnson can hold on to the ball, because I think he led the league in drops last year, um, he gets open. He just needs to hold the ball, hold on to the ball. Uh, so Deont- if they can keep that, I'm okay with Schuster being gone. Um, but Dupree's going to hurt. You noticed in the back half of the year, now granted their entire linebacking core was decimated minus TJ Watt last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but not having Bud Dupree, I think is going to hurt him a little bit. So we'll have to see how this Alex Highsmith kid works out. So um, my biggest thing that like, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, other than that, like, you know, make sure to re-sign Villanueva because he's on the last year of his contract and he's been good for them. Um, and just draft, draft offensive line and a, find a running back. I kind of hope like they don't have the money to throw at a running back, but I kind of hope they try and go after like a Jamal Williams or something like that because mm-hmm. James Connor's not the answer. I don't think James Connor's a stealer next year. Which stinks because he had such like a, like after Le'Veon Bell left, like he became the face of the Steelers. Like it was like, like that tough, gritty guy, you know, but then he just ended up getting hurt a lot. And it kind of sucked because he had that one really solid season. You're like, holy crap. Like where did this guy come from? Right. But there, the, the other thing you'll notice, I think I, I feel like I saw is there was a, his production had a steady decline with the offensive line. Like he couldn't make plays if the line wasn't doing well. He'd average like two and a half yards a carry, maybe three yards a carry max. And he just, his production wasn't there mm-hmm. even when the line was good at times. So I don't, I don't know if it was just like the anomaly, like I'm going to prove who I am kind of thing. Or, you know, if he just, he had that injury and it's been really slowing him down. For sure. So I just opened up Twitter just to see if there's anything else that's happening. And the Jets are making moves today. I don't know if you've seen those. So, I've only seen the Patriots just going hard in the paint. The Patriots did go hard. The Jets signed Corey Davis to a three-year deal, so the wide receiver Ooh, from Tennessee, good... and they just yeah. they just signed uh, Carl Lawson, the Bengals' uh, pass rusher. So they're actually okay. making solid moves. And I know Deshaun Watson has said that that's one of his like destinations he'd like to go to is the Jets. Right, but the problem is the Texans aren't going to give up Deshaun Watson. Yep. These are facts, and which sucks. And then the other big name that I've been seeing floating around is that uh, Russell Wilson to the Bears is really starting to uh, get some traction, which would really make I, me nervous. I really don't think that's going to I I would be so hard-pressed to see Seattle get rid of Russell Wilson. I would too, but at the same time, like if you can get a shit ton of picks or a shit ton of anything for him and just say, fuck it, like... Let's just let's have a shitty season next year. It's a rebuild year. Let's just do it because mm-hmm. that that NFC West is getting tough. The Cardinals the are NFC really West good. Is really tough. The Cardinals are really really good. The Niners, I mean, didn't really lose anybody. They just got hurt, but they'll be back. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. That West is is looking pretty solid. That's for sure. The Rams again. Right. Now you have Matthew Stafford with the Rams. Yep. And their weapons. Um, the the Tennessee Titans are losing everybody this year. Well, yeah, and they just lost Jonu Smith to the Patriots, which is huge. Like, right, that's yep. massive for Cam. And then they signed what offensive and then defensive linemen. Yeah, I mean that's it's pretty solid, and they have a pretty high draft pick this year. Yeah, Patriots so. will be good again. The, that AFC East is going to be good this year. Yeah, it's gonna be... between the Dolphins. The Dolphins will probably pick up a running back in free agency. Mm-hmm. Um. If, so if they can get a running game going and like up their offense a little bit, they'll be pretty good. 
Um, the Bills, of course, won the AFC East last year. And if the Jets can reload and not be just Jets. dog shit, don't beat the Jets, even though I don't love their head coach hire. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's potential there. No, absolutely. Um, what do you got next? Uh, so next up, I have... Duke Blue Devils hmm. missed the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1995. Sure so, did. So in 1995, when this tournament happened, I was one. Yep. Um, here's some of the things that were going on in 1995. Your top song, Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise. Top grossing movie, Die Hard 3. Forrest Gump won, uh, Forrest Gump won Best Picture, and Tom Hanks won Best, uh, Best Actor. At that year's Oscars, Microsoft launches Windows 95. Sony launches the PlayStation, the Oklahoma City bombing, and OJ found not guilty. <laughs> it's a hell of a year. Uh, that year, the last time Duke lost, uh, the last time Duke didn't make the NCAA tournament was a year. Which is tough because that's coming off of that's that's three years off of the Leitner years. So, I mean, that's, yeah. that's tough to, to not be able to get a class to be able to get back into the tournament. And then, so they turn around going 91, 92, miss it in 95, and then end up winning the NCAA tournament again in 01, and then again in 10, and then again in 15. So right. I have no words. I have words. I have lots of words. I have lots of thoughts. I This team is was the... There, there was a lot of talent on this team. This team did not have a pure scorer. And if anyone tries to tell me that Matthew Hurt is your, like, pure scorer, Matthew Hurt is very, very good. But I would never call him a pure scorer when it comes to the game because he's very, like, spot spot shooting. He likes, his, he likes his certain spots. He can try to drive the ball, but he's not as quick and not as agile to get to the rim. This has been one of the weirdest teams I've ever watched, and I've watched some weird, 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 weird Duke Duke teams. Like, where teams that I'm like, this team doesn't make any sense, and then this team this year literally made no sense. Just, it was it was just terrible to watch. It was not fun to watch them play this year at all, and, and I, usually I find the good in every team. I didn't have a lot of good this year. And then between the COVID stuff going on, team team having contact tracing back to one of the players, that wasn't good because, I mean, I'm not going to say that they were going to win the ACC tournament, but they definitely were getting better down the stretch. I'm not saying that they're going to win me, the ACC tournament, though. Go ahead. Let me just say this. I think cop-out, or I think COVID was the best cop-out that Coach K has ever had to miss a tournament. Yep. Oh, we're shit this year. What do you say? You're testing for COVID. Yeah, he has COVID, guys. We're <laughs> we're not playing this. We're out. Yeah, this oh, is just we weren't gonna make the tournament anyway. Ah. And it's tough because Coach K's got very few years left on him. Like minimal number of years. Like I would say less than five. I'd be hard pressed no, to say less than I'd say less than three. So to go out with your legacy, granted, his legacy is still very strong. You know, three-time gold medal winner in international basketball, five-time NCAA champion. I mean, historic coaching run. But mm -hmm. to go out on that, 
please. Like, we can't do that. We can't absolutely do that. So, that's... Do you think him and... Do you do, who outlasts who? Him or Jim Beheim? I think Beheim outlasts him. Think so? Yeah. I think Beheim. Okay. I think Beheim's got him on a got a, a few years younger than him, so I think he's good. Well, that's <sighs> so Beheim's son just. I think Beheim's son is either a junior or a senior this year. So I think after Buddy Beheim is out of college, then he might consider it. But I know Coach K's grandson is coming up next year, I believe. So I want to say that he wants to coach him through. I can't remember. I don't think he's on right now, but I think his grandson's coming on next year. As a towel boy or? He's going to do, yeah. He's not going to play, but like to be able to coach your grandson though, like be kind of cool. Hey, get in there. We're up by 60. Yeah. Even that he might not even hit the hardwood then. Maybe not even that. I don't want to talk about Duke anymore. I'm just disappointed. What do you, what do you got next? Uh, so more disappointment. James Cameron's Avatar re-releases in China and takes the number one spot for highest grossing film of all time. Bullshit. I hate that. <laughs> I hate that that happened. I, he's done this before with Titanic as well. He did this with Titanic in the past. Right. I, I'm, not, I'm not saying that other movies haven't done this to make more money. Like they re-released Jurassic Park in theaters. I think they did it actually with Endgame. They did do it like a month or month re-release of Endgame in theaters. In movies have done right. this, but Avatar did that. Avatar did it originally too. Like Avatar did a re a theater re-release instead of like the normal like four weeks. They were in theaters for like eleven weeks. Right. So they did re-release originally so that they could like keep grossing, but now I mean. 10 years after the fact. Yeah, that's tough. That's not a good look for James Cameron. I don't know if like, it's not even like that close to when the new avatar comes out. It's like, I could have seen it. Like if they just gave us an avatar two trailer and then they're like, at the end of it, they're like Mm -hmm. also avatar one coming back to theaters for a six week stretch. I could see that to build hype, but we're not even close to the new avatar being coming out yet. So let's just, we'll find We'll find Pandora and start mining unobtainium before the second Avatar comes out. What a dumb thing. Unobtainium. Shut up. God, I Is hate... it hard to obtain? <laughs> I hate that so much. Oh, I hate I hate it. People defend that movie. I will say, though, I think if you're Disney, because now they own Avatar and they own... <laughs> Avengers at game, of course. Mm-hmm. You just keep re-releasing it for the hype. Like who who cares at this point? Like there's not new movies coming out anyway. So re-release Avengers at game and see if it can take over Avatar. Mm-hmm. And then re-release Avatar again to see if it when the Avatar 2 comes out eventually, re-release Avatar and a on a 75th anniversary when the when Avatar 2 finally comes out 75 years after, re-release it again. Just re-release it. Yeah, I don't. I get why they do it because holy shit, does this stuff make mm-hmm. money? But it's also annoying. It just is right. like, hey, look at us. We don't like to lose, and I I get it. Like, it's all about money. Like, that's literally what drives the world is money. But it's just right. I I just didn't like it. What do you got next? Sir, I. Uh, so next up, Zack Snyder's Justice League accidentally leaked when it began to play when people were trying to watch Tom and Jerry on HBO. 
So I, I heard that. And all I could think about, because I remember Zack Snyder saying that Batman says the F word in this movie. All I can think about is some kid turning on Tom and Jerry and mom's like doing dishes in the background. And all of a sudden you hear, fuck you, Superman. And just like, that's all I can think about is like, what would happen? I don't know the exact line. I haven't watched the Snyder, mm-hmm. the Snyder cut yet. So, right. I, I've I, I laughed. I think they did it on purpose. HBO, like HBO has been such a productive and like, we'll just say they've been in such a productive company for pretty much as long as they've been around. So like mistakes like this don't happen because you have somebody to check. Then you have somebody to check the check. Then you have somebody to check the check the check. Like it just goes down a list of people and nobody's going to fuck up like that to have this movie release when they're trying to watch Tom and Jerry. Come on. Like right. this movie, it was done on purpose. And it's all a ploy. Like Zack Snyder was, was so into it because do you know what it does? It gets views. Yep. You know what it's... it does? It, it brings interest in for the movie. You know what it does? It leaks a little bit of footage, but not enough, but just a little bit of footage so that people see, people can like get their hands on some shit, right? It right. gets people excited. And that's what that's what this is all about because early reviews have been positive mm-hmm. for this movie. I am still... I'm still, uh, what's, what's the good word? I'm looking, I'm still nervous about this. Right. I, like I said in previous podcasts, I hope it, I hope it's good as a DC fan. Mm-hmm. I hope it's bad as a movie fan and everybody <laughs> being like, yeah, let's re-release my cut. It's going to, it's going to open up Pandora's box of like, yeah, I didn't get the movie I wanted either. Yeah. Right. I didn't get it either. And and then all of a sudden we're re-releasing like coming to America too. Oh, weird! How that works? Yeah. The yeah. the reason so, I like, want this movie to be just, go ahead and finish. Sorry. It's just because like it's just like I said, it's gonna open Pandora's box of shitty movies getting re-released. I don't need to re- re-see Dawn of Justice. Uh, I don't need to re-see the original. Um, the first Suicide Squad movie. Mm-hmm. I don't need to re-see um, Jaws 3D re-release because you the shut director your mouth. thinks that they had a better better cut. You shut your mouth. The original mouth. cut was perfect. I would I would watch the... I don't remember who directed Jaws 3D, but I would watch the director's cut of that movie because I'd be curious to see their actual Jaws. vision. Jaws 3D. 3D-er. 3D, super d Jaws three double D. (laughs) (laughs) So my big thing Jaws three (laughs) D or T. (laughs) The big thing I want is the Snyder cut to be over with is that we can top stop talking about Jared Leto as the Joker. Like I'm just I'm over it. I'm done with it. I don't give a fuck anymore about it. So I was reading a list of like Oscar snubs. Mm Mm-hmm. This whoever wrote this list, I moron. Only because they put that they were they felt like Jared Leto was snubbed for the little things. Jesus Christ. Because <sighs> and it was I guess like the article read more or less because they lo- like the Oscars loves giving people like giving performances for big name actors. So they were like surprised that Leto didn't get anything. 
But to think that Leto, like the, even the thought of Leto being nominated for that movie was terrible. Yeah, no, like I get it. Jared Leto is a good actor. He can be a good actor, but he's too Jared Leto-esque. Like he knows he's like when you give him something that he can just do like Jared Leto fit like here here's the here's the outline for the role but take it to your level. As soon as he hears that, he's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I'm going to fucking I'm going to I'm going to do some weird shit with this." Like, we don't need that. Right. Just be a good actor. Like you are. Right. You don't have to be weird. Just do your role. He's so like I don't know why he feels like he has to do cuz his most successful movies like I would arguably his most successful role is in the Dallas Buyers Club and he and, plays and, a yeah. transgender. But that, like, yeah. Other than that, like his best performances, he's fairly normal. I mean, aside, I'll, I'll retract that because I guess like in his part in um, uh, Fight Club, he's an anarchist mm-hmm. in. Um, and the Joker and all those shitty movies, he's terrible, but he's, you know, a weird person. So he's probably a weird dude. I guess I was just hinging on uh, American Psycho mm-hmm. being his like normal per his normal role. But other than that, he's been kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't, I just don't get why people love him so much. And I don't get why people thought he would have been nominated for this at all. That one blows my mind. I don't get that one either, but. I, I'm, I, yeah, no, <laughs> no, no, thank you. So back to the Snyder cut being yes. released. Like I said, can, Zack Snyder and HBO 100% did it on purpose. And I am ready for, I'm just ready for Justice League to come out so I can watch it. I'm just ready for it to come out so we can stop talking about it. Like, it was cool that the internet got this to happen because it, it was truly the internet that was asking for this, asking for this, asking for this. And the internet prevails sometimes, and that's fun to see. Mm-hmm. Like, it's 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 almost like a weird... It's like it's, it's a community that you can root for. But also, the at the same time... The internet gets its wins, like... The internet gets a win, like, once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And they... Last year, their two were Snyder Cut and... Um, changing Sonic. Sonic, yeah. Well, this year for sure, it's the GameStop meme. Like it's it's the, the, it's, it's the game, thing, yeah. Right. And I actually watched a thing today on on Hulu. They had like an hour long thing with like a bunch of interviews with a bunch of people. Like they interviewed like Portnoy, Mark Cuban, Jim Cramer, the CEO of Robinhood. It's a pretty good interview or a pretty good like segment about the, how the GameStop stock like came to, to came to a high and then all of a sudden like went down because of Robin Hood basically shutting down trading. That's a story for another day. Right. It's good. You should watch it. But that's like that's the time like when the internet wins, but sometimes the internet also can win in not a good way. And that's like when we talk about cancel culture, like that's the mm-hmm. side of the internet I don't like. Cause the internet that I know is is Reddit, is a Twitter, like parts of Twitter, not certain parts of Twitter. But like it's like the part where we can come together and get things accomplished, but not for like, not to like get people canceled for stupid shit. Like we get it, people do dumb things, people say dumb things. Do they deserve to be fired from all their jobs because of one thing they said? Sometimes, if it's really bad, yeah, sure, why not? But there's a there's a point where we become too toxic as a community, and it's it's just not fun. 
It's not what it's supposed to be. It's not. It's supposed to be fun. The internet's supposed to be a fun thing, and you know what? It's not. A lot of days, and I don't like that. Nope. So, dear internet, the Snyder Cut is over. We can stop talking about it. It's fair. What do you got next? Oh, I do Ooh. need to backtrack real quick. Ooh. Oh, I need to backtrack real quick. So, Oscar nominations. Mm-hmm. There was one other one that you're going to love. You're going to love it. Okay, I'm waiting for it. Eurovision bet nominated for best original song. How did I miss that? God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. I hate this. So the Grammys were two days ago, three days ago. They were last night. They did not. It was last night. It was last me. night. They did not win a. They did not win a Grammy. That's fine. But they are up for an Oscar. Fuck. I'm trying to think. Okay, so the other musical acts that I can think of that are obscure that have won Oscars, I wouldn't say Eminem's probably not obscure, but he's won an Oscar. The one that mm-hmm. always makes me laugh is Three Six Mafia. Yep. That one makes sure. me laugh so hard because for the longest time, Leo DiCaprio couldn't get an Oscar. And whenever people were like, oh, three, six, Mafia but three, six Mafia's got one. <laughs> like, and I get like, there's a lot of like big musical acts. Like Lady Gaga has an Oscar for shallow. You know, there's other, other big recording artists. John Legend has a, has an Oscar for, uh, for Selma. Like there's these big artists. John Legend <laughs> has an, John Legend has an EGOT. He, it's true. he has all of them. That's true. You love, you love talking about EGOTs. I, well, I'm going to bring it up here in a bit. <laughs> God damn but yeah, like there's these big, I just love going back to that. That's like one of my fun facts is that three, six mafia has an Oscar. I love it. Absolutely love it. Okay. I also love that. That's the same Oscar is that, uh, Matt Stone and Trey Parker showed up on acid in dresses. They were, yes, you were, you are correct. You are very correct. I haven't watched <laughs> the vaccination special. Have you yet? And they, they got Oscar. I've watched most of it. Is it, got, is, is it okay? I got off of work one day last week. Yeah, it's it's okay. It's it makes me laugh. Okay. Um, so like, uh, but what was what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I love that. Just Matt Stone and Trey Parker almost won for Blame Canada. Blame Canada is a banger. <laughs> they and yeah, Matt Stone and Trey Parker uh, are a national treasure that need to be protected at all costs. The the uh, uh, vaccination special makes me think that they're almost done. Really, I was going to say that. Yep, that's kind of sad to think about because if there's like there's like a constant, and they keep like they keep everyone at bay as far as cancel culture goes because we can they can make fun of anybody and say anything and no one can do anything like no one can really cancel South Park. They're just unapologetic, and, and they're going to go after anybody. And, and I'm afraid once they're gone, everyone's going to come too uptight again. For sure. Also, there will always be those shows. There will always be those shows, though, that have like that make that just go after people, mm-hmm. no matter who it is. It just will it be to the level of South Park, and no, for sure. Uh, Jameis Winston just signed a deal for twelve million dollars for one year with the Saints. How the fuck? So the Saints have honestly, they're, the Saints they're, have Jameis like, Winston oh, for we twelve. Want you to be our... Yeah, doesn't make sense. They have Jameis Winston for twelve million, one. and they have Taysom Taysom Hill for our three years and one hundred forty million. What do you think about all these like high high dollar contracts that are starting to happen? 
you a fan or not so much like the salary cap. So like all these, it's funny because all these like big contracts have been going up the Dak Prescott deal. Um, Watson a couple years ago, the Taysom Hill contract is way too high. Um, the thing, every like these yeah. big name signings that have ha- are happening, but this year the salary cap went down for the first time since 2011. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. That one doesn't make sense to me. I don't. I'm indifferent about these contracts because, yep, the players are getting what they want. They want more guaranteed money in case something bad happens. But that's a lot of money to give up just for. Oof. There's a. I don't yeah, it's know. tough. Like the Dak Prescott one, that was hard for me to swallow. Like you can mm-hmm. throw as many stats as you want at me with the Dak Prescott one. That one won't make sense to me. And it's not going to make them any better. Because no. now they don't have money. They already, the Cowboys already were always in cap hell. And now they don't have money to keep players. Correct. In a year, Amari Cooper is going to be gonzo. Yep. Like the Cowboys are in, are in win right now mode. And, and they still, still can't do it. And they're still paying Zeke a dumb amount of money too. Like, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Zeke's pretty good. Is he as good as he was two years ago? I don't think so. I don't think he is. Yeah, they're just... <laughs> They're putting their money in the wrong places, but yeah, I I, I'm not an NFL owner either. So I can't really talk. I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of these huge contracts, I guess. Like as a fan, I get it why it's happening, but I'm not a fan of it because then that means that my team can't go get somebody else because they're throwing all this money at X player who, mm-hmm. you know, could be hurt any day, de- any time of the day. Right. So hey, we'll look at Teddy. Yeah. Truth. Preach. What do you got next? Teddy almost Teddy almost lost his leg on a no contact injury. Yeah, I, I want to see the video of that still. Uh so next up, one night Miami star uh Kingsley Benadir to star in a Disney Plus uh series Secret Invasion. Um what Secret Invasion is in is uh it's gonna star Samuel L. Jackson and Ben Mendelssohn. So if you remember from the Captain Marvel movie um the aliens called the scrolls they're the shapeshifters um they start to come to earth uh to find uh kind of find a new place to live but also figure out like the source of power i think for captain marvel Mm -hmm. uh you also see him at the end of uh spider-man far from home and when and wandavision you start to see all these characters um so basically secret invasion involves it's a comic series that Marvel did where there was a lot, it involved like all the major superheroes and there was a lot going on with um, them, like with betrayal and dying people dying and everything like that. Then it turned out they were a scroll. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after the, after the Iron Man death, there was speculation that, that I, that, that Tony Stark was a scroll as opposed to being the actual Tony Stark. We'll see if that happens or not. So there was with that, but that series now is going to be a little bit less of the, um, it's going to be less like the comic series from what I've read and more like the, it's its own thing where it still involves that, but it's more of like a, a people's like paranoia and fear of this alien invasion that's happening under their noses. Um, Do we know what role you know, he's specifically in? It. No, it's, the speculation is that um, the Kingsley 
is going to be playing like one of the scrolls that has been secretly invading earth for a long time, mm-hmm. as opposed to the scrolls that came to earth during captain Marvel. So it, he could be a villain in this movie. Um, I don't know if you watched one night in Miami yet. I thought it was a very good movie. I thought he was a great actor. He's the one who plays uh, Malcolm X okay. in one night in Miami. Um, I thought he was really good. I thought he was a strong actor. Uh, I think he has really good potential. I would just, I mean, I'm super intrigued by this, um, this story and this plot line that will be coming out. No, it is interesting. So I'm just curious to see what he is, what his specific role is going to be. If he's going to be the villain, if he's going to be a sidekick, if he's going to be this, that, whatever. Like I'm always looking for what, you know, I'm looking for some sort of answer. I like being, Mm -hmm. I like waiting. I do like waiting for news sometimes. But a lot of times yep. I just want to know what the hell's going on. For sure. Oh, that's good. What do you got next? Uh, so last up, uh, three movies, uh, like we mentioned already, the Grammys were last night. Uh, three movies or three uh, uh, three things won in the movie world, I should say. So Joker won for best um Oh, what was it again? Joker soundtrack. Joker won for best original soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, Jojo Rabbit won for best um, best compilation soundtrack because obviously they used a lot of uh, popular music in that yep. movie. And then uh, Billie Eilish's No Time to Die song won for best original song. I'm okay with all this. So I wanted to bring up, and like I said, like you mentioned earlier, I love talking about ECOTS because it's such an intriguing award. There's only like 14 people that have ever gotten it. Mm-hmm. And Taika Waititi's halfway there. He's very close. Um, if he if he goes back and maybe directs some episodes of Into the Shadows mm-hmm. uh, or What We Do in the Shadows for FX... Or if he does some some TV directing, um, anything like that, I could potentially see him getting his um, Golden Globe. Or, I mean, he should just win a Golden Globe for any... Uh, for his Emmy you're talking about? For his Emmy, excuse me. I don't know if he has a Globe. I think he does not. Uh, but he has an Oscar and yep. he has a Grammy. So he's very... He's, you know, close to the EGOT. He needs a Tony Award, which honestly... I bet if they turn Jojo Rabbit into a musical, he could win a Tony for that. God, that'd be awesome if they did, right? That'd be so fun if they like, did. That I would think, make a pretty I good. I think it would be kind of, it would make a good musical, and I think it's it has a strong enough story for it. It has an, a good enough story where there's a lot of, it's a mixture of comedy and emotion and everything like that. Um, so I think if he goes and does anything with the musical side of it, you could see him winning an Oscar or winning a Tony, um, and if it, if it's that good, would also potentially get him in uh, his Golden Globe. So he's been he's been nominated for Emmys. He's just never won. He has an Oscar. He doesn't have any Globes. Does he have even any? I don't even see any Golden Globe nominations on here. Oh, so so Grammy's not part of the EGOT, so I'm losing my mind. Um, Is Globe the G or is Grammy the G? I thought it was Grammy. Okay, so yeah, he is halfway there. Sorry, I lost my mind for a second there. No, you're good. 
And he's won, yeah, he's won an Oscar and he's won a Grammy. So, I mean, they tried making, they've tried making multiple like movies into into plays. Like they tried making Coming to America a play years ago, like the original. A play or a musical? A, well, I guess a, pl- a play. But yeah, if they turn it. I mean, excuse me. I'm sorry. They can turn a lot of things into musicals that they if they want. I mean, there's been multiple times when they've tried to make. Oh, I mean, everything. Yeah. I mean, Mean Girls was turned into a musical. I mean, there's right. He could do he could do kind of whatever, and I think uh, I gosh I would I would like to see now that I say that out loud I would like to see Jojo Rabbit as a musical. I think it'd be awesome. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think that would again it would play a lot, you know, in terms of comedy also musical. I think that would play a lot like the Book of Mormon. Yeah, um, where they can really make some good funny songs out of it. And if you get for like one stretch on Broadway, you get Taika Waititi to re- reprise his hit role as Hitler. Yeah, just like oh, the original so run, killer. like that'd be awesome. That yeah. would be killer. That'd be so fun. That'd be really fun. Excellent. Do you have anything else? That's all I have. Okay, if that's everything, then we'll start to talk about a movie. Uh, Coming to America. Just came out uh, March 5th on, on Amazon Prime, a uh, sequel to the original Coming to America, about 30 years later, about 30 years too late. Um, directed by Craig Brewer, starring Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall. Uh, I don't want to name a lot of other people because, I mean, the only, we'll talk about this here in a second here. But uh, Craig Brewer, also directed Dolomite is my name, uh, comes back to direct Eddie Murphy in this movie. Opening thoughts from you. Um, I had a little, I had some fun with this movie. Um, I thought some characters were good. I thought some acting performances were good, but it ultimately was let down. Like we talked about before, didn't go in with super high expectations, especially after seeing the trailers and kind of knowing what they were doing. Um, I think the name is very misleading. Yes. Um, and I just, there again there were things that i was hoping to see didn't get there were some things that i enjoyed um but ultimately not a good movie like it was hard to watch it was hard to finish i was very excited when it was done yeah there was a there was about a there was a point in the movie where i'm like i almost shut it off and just said i can tell you exactly what's going to happen in the end and i don't need to watch the rest of this movie but i ended up finishing right. it it was tough because the original I like a lot. Like it's, Love the original. It's so funny, the original is. And it's like great jokes, great characters. And they just like, I felt like they brought a lot of the characters back in this movie just for you to like look and say, oh, look, there's that person again. And there was some, fu- right. there was some funny bits. Don't get me wrong. Like I think the funniest part of this movie was probably Wesley Snipes. I think his character was probably the funniest. Wesley Snipes was good in this movie. I'll give you that. I thought that was the funniest part. And then okay. maybe like Mor- Morgan I didn't Freeman really showed laugh. up. I didn't really laugh at his character, though. I thought he was the funniest. Morgan Freeman was good, but I think you thought Wesley Snipes was the funniest character. I, I just thought movie. the premise around Wesley Snipes' character was the funniest. Like the, all the bits that happened because of his character. So him kept, him him coming in originally, was I thought was kind of funny because he was just playing such an outlandish character. But then like seeing his uh, group of uh, his army training at their site... 
like I don't know why like the shake weights made me laugh like them on the DDR and like the guy whipping their feet while they're yeah. dancing like that bit was funny to me that's like, fair yep that did make me laugh that made me laugh that was probably like the only really parts that made me laugh like I don't know like I was expecting you know it's it's coming to America and I get it like it's a role reversal because of the first movie Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall go to America to find the wife and they're trying to make their way through America because they don't know how and it's such a different premise for them well they go to America this time to bring back his bastard son and he gets thrown Mm -hmm. into a situation where he doesn't know how to navigate it but it's a lot different because he's being treated like a king or prince over there where in America like Eddie Murphy's character wasn't being treated like royalty over there like that was the point he hit it. He hit it the entire time. Exactly. Like, I don't know. Like that, that part was weird to me. Like it felt so quick going to Brooklyn and coming back. Like it was just like that. Yeah. There was no, there was no time spent in Queens. No, yeah. Sorry. Queens. You're right. I'm sorry. But like they went and got him and they just came back really fast. Like there was no, like, I don't want to say like bartering with him to come with them. Like he literally just was like 20 minutes in and they're like, okay, we're going back to, um, I can't remember the, the the land's name. Zamunda. Amunda. Zamunda. Yeah. Zamunda. Zamunda. I'm sorry. So they they went back without like him like, like even an argument like they found like they found his son really easily like there wasn't like trying to find his son wasn't like this long daunting task like they found him outside of Madison Square Garden selling Knicks tickets like it was like mm-hmm. I don't know, it was just odd the pa- the pacing of the yeah. movie there was weird there wasn't right. there wasn't a lot of and jokes. that's where that's. Yep. And that's where I felt like this movie like really let me down is like, again, you were hoping for some of that like abnormality and not like being comfortable where you're at kind of thing, which is what you got in the first one, because Eddie Murphy, everything was obviously so foreign to him, Mm -hmm. but you got none of that in the second one. Mm -hmm. Like he walks it, the um, Prince, the, his son walks into the place and just basically knows and does everything like he's everything things are still foreign to him but he's still extremely comfortable especially cuz he hardly leaves the palace. Right. Like yeah, it's it's super easy for him. Like the hardest thing he has to do is to prove himself to his father by getting the whiskers off of a lion which I don't know, there was no like build up for that. So that felt kind of weird for me too mm-hmm. like there's no like build up to like usually they have like this thing that they're good at that they he could like figure out and how to figure out how to do it while well, he uses his cat food to get the lion to chillax and like there's no like i guess i don't remember any like build up for that or any like uh character building for that by any means i don't know it just felt well and there was odd. The, the other thing i didn't like about it is there there was no conflict correct yeah like, there was no conflict the, you look at the movie other than like the 10 minute bit where they find out that um you know his son finds out that he or thinks that he's using him as a pawn mm-hmm. in the in the country's like for the trading. connection with yeah so the connection between the two countries he finds out that he's a pawn in the scheme so then he goes back to america and literally 10 minutes later they're back in zamunda yeah it was like real he's fast back and he's forgiven eddie murphy's character like it's so quick and there was no conflict where in the first one you got that really good um like Eddie Murphy's character falls in love with Lisa. Lisa has a boyfriend, but her boyfriend's a pile of shit. Like, and there was just like so much more going on. And there was, there was, it was, and that's part of what made it exciting. That's part of what made it fun was that the storyline was so much better and you just didn't get it in this movie. Yeah, that's, 
it well, yeah exactly like you said there's just no conflict there's nothing there for for that and the original directed by John Landis John Rand- Landis is directed some of the best comedies of the 80s and early 90s this movie just fell flat there there was no comedy like I don't know I, I read a, I read a bit somewhere that Ryan Coogler the director of like Black Panther director of Creed came to Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy with a with a story for coming to America. And apparently Eddie Murphy didn't like it. So then Eddie Murphy came up with his own story and this is what became it. So I really want to know like what the Coogler story was. Cause it, right. it's gotta be better than this. Like, Oh, man, for sure. That was tough. That was tough to it watch. Just felt so, it fell so flat in so many areas. Um, you know, it did the, it did a lot of the, Oh, look at the, look at the references we're making, mm-hmm. but they weren't always like good references. Like the funeral scene. Um, I'll never shit on James Earl Jones. Mm-hmm. I thought him being alive for his own funeral was hilarious. That was actually fun. Um, but like, and the Morgan Freeman thing did make me laugh a little bit, but it's like, oh, Morgan Freeman's the stereotypical, like you need somebody good speaking at your funeral. We're going to get Morgan Freeman. So it's like, it, it's like a bit inside of a bit at this point. Mm-hmm. So I didn't love it, but what a great voice. Right. Um, but like all the references of like, oh, here's En Vogue and here's Salt and Pepper and mm-hmm. all that shit. It was, I was so like, shoved I was in your it. face. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't good. Like the first, the and first. You know that he didn't. Like... I was just saying, you know, James Earl Jones' character did not listen to any of that music. No, God, no. No, absolutely not. Like the the first five minutes, I did laugh when all of a sudden, like there's a McDowell's in Zumanda. Like that was funny, and like they're like yeah. there is this is no way in in and reference like to McDonald's about the copyright laws. Yeah, that that was that was kind of right. funny, and then Louis Anderson's character just comes up right away. Like that was that I was I did like bringing back some of the old cast. Yeah, I did like keeping some of the old cast with, like, um, with keeping, um, Louis Anderson and the owner of McDowell's and mm-hmm. um. You know, even brings back like some of the barber characters were a little whatever to me, but they were still funny to an extent. Um, but I think my favorite like bring back was the high pitched singing guy <laughs> and him doing that bit again. That is one of my favorite parts of that movie of the original mm-hmm. is him singing. And I don't know why, but I love it. And then him coming back and then like actually bringing that character and recasting that I liked a lot. I was so happy they did that. There was, they had good intentions, but it felt flat, like you said. And the the weird part is that the director just came off of doing Dolomite, Dolomite is my name. Like a great movie, like great, great bit. Mm-hmm. And they come out and do this and it's just like, and there was like the scene where the, the you know, the, his son and the, the, the girl are walking through the garden and they're talking about how, unnecessary unnecessarily sequels are especially ones that came 30 minutes 30 years mm-hmm. later like it's too on the right. nose like it was yeah i i actually laughed at that bit though i thought like you know to make fun of yourself a little bit because it's you're self-aware you know what you are mm-hmm. and i thought that part was fine um what did you think of leslie jones and tracy morgan <sighs> i think they didn't use tracy morgan enough See, I think they used them the right amount. I, I think ooh. if you get too much Tracy Morgan in there, I think they used the perfect amount of him and Leslie Jones. 
like Tracy Morgan to the amount that like if you start putting him too much in there, it becomes less of an Eddie Murphy movie, even though it doesn't feel totally like an Eddie Murphy movie. But you get it feels more less like an Eddie Murphy more movie and more of just a Tracy Morgan movie. Mm-hmm. And like his jokes start to get even though Tracy Morgan's hilarious. Everything he says, everything he does, even just because of like his voice and how he like physically moves and stuff like that is good and it's hilarious. I you there's only so much that I can like tolerate before I start to get it before some of it starts to feel stale. Okay. I'm glad they didn't overuse Leslie Jones because I was concerned about that too. I thought she was good in this movie. This I, might be my only thing out like since SNL that I like Leslie Jones in. I don't want to ever tell people that I thought that she was good in this movie because I thought she was serviceable. I thought she did a good job. I, I won't give her any more than that. I'm just not a Leslie Jones fan. For sure. Like I said, I thought no good, but never instances like the even the you knew the joke was happening and you knew what the joke was. I thought it was still funny. Like when uh, her son wakes up, uh, when their son wakes up at the at the um, palace the first time, and they want to give him a bath, and he goes in to talk to her about it, mm-hmm. and you can tell underneath the water she's getting cleaned. Correct. And then the guy stands up and says, "The royal privates have been cleaned." That was still funny to me, and her like reactions and how she played it was still good, even though I knew exactly what it was doing. Right, you knew exactly what was going to happen just because of the the previous movie. I I don't know what, I didn't know what to expect about this movie. I had heard mediocre things, and I finally watched it, and I'm like, this is less than mediocre to me. I, I just hate the idea of remaking a movie from the 80s 30 years later. And trying to just capture that energy that it had, like the original Coming to America is like a, a really good comedy, like it's a really funny movie. And then yeah. trying to use the same jokes almost in thirty years later is just it's tough. It doesn't hold up. It does not. And they, you know, there were there was ref again the referential stuff was good. The Soul Glow posters in the background I liked. Um, some of the characters were funny. Others I didn't like so much, like the the pastor priest, whatever that Mm -hmm. Arsenio Hall did. Mm -hmm. He seemed a little off to me. Um, The witch doctor didn't like him very much. Uh, This, when they brought the singer back out at the end, I did laugh at that because I forgot how like shitty of a singer he is. (laughs) And Eddie Murphy still did a really good job with it, especially because all the people from Queens are just freaking out at how good he is. Right. And he's just awful. Yeah. It's not good. Um, I want to score this movie because I want to get into cheers and jeers. What what would you what, what's okay. your score? I'm gonna give it a forty. I'm gonna give it a forty-four. Forty-four. Okay, that's that's higher. That's actually I think it's lower than I thought you were gonna give there. I'm gonna give it a thirty-five because I did still find a couple parts funny seeing like seeing old characters kind of come back was okay. Everything else about it was pretty dumb. I'm not going to lie, but it wasn't the shittiest movie I've seen in the last year. So I'll I'll take, I'll give it a 35. Um, You want to jump into cheers and jeers? 
Let's jump into cheers and jeers. So I'm going to go ahead and just go first with my cheers. Uh, my first cheer, yeah. again, I just said that Wesley Snipes' character was just funny to me. Like, his bits, that he, when he, he was on screen, I actually was laughing a little bit because he's playing such, like, a wild character to me. And I don't, I don't, remember, I don't know why. Like, I liked his character. You no, know, you didn't like it? I didn't like it. <laughs> like, he was fine. He was serviceable. But he, to me, he really brought nothing to the table. Like, I didn't think he was funny himself. Mm-hmm. Some of his actions, sure. Like when, like him doing the pimp walk and stuff like that, and them supposed to being like the more militant country and everything. But he just wasn't, he brought nothing for me. I thought like, okay, again, his, his lines, he didn't have any good, like good one-liners or anything like that. And the funny bits about him were again, his men. Right. Or like him, you know, parading his daughter off like they did in the first movie. Right. And him, and like the bit where, his sister is the girl that Eddie Murphy like makes jump on one leg and bark like a dog. Yep. And she's like stuck in a trance. And she's still doing it. Yep. She's still doing it 30 years later. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that makes me laugh, but nothing that Wesley Snipes did himself. Okay. Like made me laugh. That's fair. That's fair. Um, my other, my, my second cheer is how good our city hall still looks. Like you can tell that Arsenio Hall has aged wonderfully. Like Eddie Murphy, you can tell got a little fatter in the face. You can tell he definitely looks older. Like you can tell, like all that. But Arsenio Hall looks good. Holy shit, does he look good? I want to see him in more stuff. Like mm-hmm. he looks good still. And Arsenio Hall was like, what one of the is f- Arsenio Hall doing anymore? I have no idea. I was just gonna look at his page here because I mean he had the Arsenio Hall show forever, and he was like one of the funniest people for quite a while there. And. God, okay, I'm looking at his acting. Well, and he was a he was a huge name, especially in like the late eighties, early nineties, because he had his own talk show. Yeah, he his, hasn't really his done... talk show that like catered to the black community. Yeah. Speaking of talk shows, there was one thing I audibly groaned about, and it was there were two things I should say. I audibly groaned the second I saw them in this movie. One was Trevor Noah being the yeah. ZNN host. Yep, that was tough. I hate. I hated every second of that. The was, other is Colin Jost. I was about to say the other one had to be Colin I Jost. Don't, I don't get why people keep putting him in movies. I don't He's know. He's not good. Like he has no. He is. He is the epitome of tap water. He has nothing. <laughs> he has I, no flavor. Like I get the idea that they wanted to like make a subtle joke towards the Duke brothers, so he's like the grandson of one of the Duke brothers. Put anybody else? Put anybody else in there? And the only thing that like the only reason Colin Jost works for that role is because he Colin Jost looks like somebody who never had to work a day in his life because he was a trust fund baby. That's fair, and that's why it works. Other than that, like again, he's nothing. He <laughs> he's tap water. I get okay. Uh, my last cheer is just seeing James Earl Jones still alive. Like that just makes me happy. Oh, so good. He, he's still like he's still a good actor. He's still funny. Like he was he was actually funny in this movie, especially like when you said like his funeral scene. He's still alive. Like that was funny. That was a good mm-hmm. bit. Just loving the hell out of it. Oh my god, yeah. I thought like I had I had heard offhand that he was still alive in this in his during his funeral scene. So I thought he was gonna be watching from a curtain behind or something. <laughs> no, he's in his casket, stood up, watching the whole thing. Killed me. That was good. Uh, what are your three cheers? Uh, so my first cheer, I mentioned it a little bit, uh, but them bringing back Oha is his name mm-hmm. or Oha. Yep. 
who was Paul Bates. He's the high pitched singer. Yep. He was the one in the first, like, obviously if you, for those of you listening, if you watch the first coming to America, you know who I'm talking about. Like he sings in this one again. And I thought it was great. I don't know why I like it so much as like just watching this portly guy sing just super high pitched and absolutely slay, <laughs> but I loved it. Um, my next cheer is they had, like I said, the, I think they had the right amount of Leslie Jones and Tracy Morgan. I think if you go too, if you go more with either one of them, mm-hmm. it it wrecks their characters. And if you go less, then they might as well have not even been in the movie. Okay. Okay. Last one. And lastly, James Earl Jones. Yeah. Just again, him being him being alive in his funeral already mentioned it's hilarious to me. But him in this movie, like he's one of those guys. He's one of those actors that I'm just like, oh, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I don't want to curse still alive. it. And I said I'm gonna. I said I don't want to curse it, and now I'm gonna curse it. But right. James Earl Jones is like the voice, and I love like the day he goes, I'm gonna. It's gonna be. A I don't know day. what I'm gonna do. It's gonna be tough. So. Him being alive and watching his own funeral made me laugh. Right. Um, as much as I said that I did like it, my, my my first jeer is just kind of going back to like bringing back all these characters. They almost use them as a crutch too much to me. Like, like the barbershop got a little too much. Like the barbershop was funny. Like having all those like them redoing those characters again, but it was like funny for like a minute, whereas it felt like they were just trying to fill more time this time around. Um. Right. what's up i think um so i'm i'm just gonna jump in real quick because that's also on my list of jeers is like the too many of the hey remember these guys moments yeah um and that was the barbershop for sure um and i th- there were parts of them that i thought were funny they had some good lines i like that they were like weirdly woke in what should have been like their 80s or 90s right um so they had some they had some funny bits because of that um but other than that, like they were just, they could have been left out and I would have been okay. Mm-hmm. Or they could have had just like the one same thing scene with like the like, preacher, same. Yeah. They, I mean, I get why they brought the barbershop guys back because like that was like a popular character from the original. But like, just, that was like, that was one of the most popular characters from yeah, the original. But just do the, just do the scene where they tell them where your son is and then that's it. We didn't have to go back. Mm-hmm. We didn't have to, we didn't have to do anything else right. with them. And we didn't have to bring right. we didn't have to bring them to Samuda either. Like we didn't have to do that. Right. They brought their friends from Queens, and it was like two tables. Yeah. Like, no, we didn't need to do that. Um, my other For one sure. is just how like, just the pacing of the movie, like bringing him back to Samuda, and like trying to make him feel uncomfortable there when really he wasn't probably that uncomfortable there. Like, mm-hmm. and they're saying like he wants to become his own man. Well, he could have easily done that while he was out in Queens, like from the, from the looks yeah. of it, he wasn't doing a whole lot with his life at that point. And then when he gets out there, he's just like, I want to become my own person. Well, that doesn't know that. <laughs> right. That didn't make any sense. Right. Well, and he's trying, like I get where they're coming from with that because he's trying to make something of himself. He's getting a, trying to get jobs at the marketing firm and he's trying to do more than just sell tickets. And I think they were trying to make like a, without getting trying to get too deep into it, I think they were trying to make like a, a point about how, you know, how it's tough to make it on your own when you don't have a college degree, when you don't have mm-hmm. certain things um, and you, how hard it is to make something of yourself without that kind of, 
without those things or him not having a good upbringing and not having a father and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I get that. Um, maybe I'm giving it too much credit. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. My, I guess my last one is just, I didn't think the son uh, played by Jermaine Fowler was that good. Like I never, I didn't like, there wasn't any qualities about him that I liked. Like he didn't like, I don't know. I, I just didn't think he was good. I didn't think he was funny. I didn't think he was, I, I went different about him. I just, I had nothing towards him. For sure. Yep. Makes sense. What are your jeers? I think he, I think he had some decent moments, but I think overall his character was pretty disappointing. Like, again, this was a movie that you could have thrown because it's such like a impactful comedy. I think there's a lot of funny actors that you could have gotten into that role and it would have been better. And I just don't think he delivered very well. No, I just, that's what I was just like, yeah, could have been better. For sure. Um, so my jeers, my first off is just the story in general, like how it lined up and how they ran. It just didn't like, there wasn't a lot of jumping back and forth, but yet they jumped back and forth a lot. Pivotal points didn't go like went by way too quickly, really slow points, um, took drug, really drug along. So I didn't, I just didn't like how the story was set up. Um, it was, it was just boring. And they're just, like I said, there was no conflict. I didn't like, uh like any of it really yeah or like was, any of the ugh. like how it how it read out right what's your last one uh so yeah we already talked about the too many like remember me moments mm-hmm. but there was just really just such so like few like good comedy moments like there's part of the first movie that made me laugh out loud and i just i didn't laugh like sorry you're just kind of cutting in and out there you just said you didn't laugh out loud at a lot of parts in this movie Uh no i didn't laugh out loud at all in this movie like there just wasn't Mm -hmm. anything that like made me think like oh this is funny this is good like i rewatched uh super bad the other day Mm -hmm. while i was when i was flying back still funny and I'm sitting, I'm sitting on the plane laughing my ass off. Like I'm trying to make sure that there aren't people around me who are like staring at me because I'm laughing. Um, it was so good, but like this, this movie just didn't have anything that made me laugh out loud or really like enjoy what was going on on screen. No, for sure. Like that is just, and again, like there's just not a lot of those movies right now where they just make you just die with laughter. And it's, right. it's tough. I don't know if it's because comedy comedies are uh, comedies are changing. That, that's a true fact. Comedies are changing, but mm-hmm. they should still be able to find a way to, I don't know, to be able to make us laugh without trying to hurt people's feelings or trying to do other things. Like, I don't know. This just movies has never had that. Like you said, there was just, never... well, and that's the thing is like, you can't, I don't think you can make a good comedy. Like comedy has inherently always pushed the boundaries, you know, and this movie did not like it, it played it way too safe. Mm -hmm. It played it way too safe where like, at least in the 1988 movie, they, they were still comfortable, like poking fun at stereotypes Mm -hmm. of, you know, of obviously they're in Queens, So it's a lot of black people they're poking fun at stereotypes of, but there's also some white people. And it's just, this movie did nothing to like, push the boundaries and make it funny. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Do you have any other thoughts on this movie? Or do you want to do just some, want to do a draft? 
Let's go draft. I'm done talking about this shit heap. Okay. <laughs> All right. So to end out the pod here, we're going to do a draft of our top five um, Eddie Murphy characters. So I'm going to let you go first. Yep. It's going to be a draft. So back and forth, back and forth. Um, just favorite Eddie Murphy characters. doesn't have to be comedy. can be drama. can be whatever it wants to be. So go ahead. For sure. Uh, so I'm going to start with Prince Akeem from Coming to America. Mm-hmm. Good pick. I think that is my favorite Eddie. That is one of my favorite Eddie Murphy roles. It's so funny. He's just a very well-developed character. Um, and like we talked about, it's just, it's an incredible movie. Like it's just a, such a good uh, pickup from the nineties or from the late eighties. So Prince Akeem is my number one. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go Billy Ray Valentine from trading places. This was, I wouldn't say that this is like my introduction to Eddie Murphy, but this was my introduction to Eddie Murphy as far as like his early comedies. And because you know, it was like one of his first sure. ones too. Um, super funny role, super funny the way he played it. It still kind of has some drama aspects to it. I loved it. Um, yeah, that's yep. my number one pick for sure. Uh, so for number two, I'm going to take donkey from Shrek. Yeah. That's just, good. You know, Shrek it's Shrek. It was just such an incredible franchise and he was such a big part of it. I can't like, and obviously like the first movie came out in like 2000, 2001. So I was five or six when that movie came out. And it had such an impact on me. I love those. I love the Shrek movies. I love like they're just so good. And I have to put Donkey on there. <laughs> I love it. I I'm gonna I'm gonna take Eddie Murphy as an in an SNL role here. I'm gonna take Eddie Murphy as James Brown for James Brown's hot tub because that's that's one of my favorite SNL bits ever. That's good. It's him singing yep. around a hot tub and then putting his feet putting his feet in. Just like, oh, it's such a great bit. It's it's so yes. dumb, but it's so funny. Especially because like Eddie Murphy was the only funny person on SNL for like that five year span. It was, yeah. He just controlled it. And and it was so perfect. And like, wasn't he one of the only people that hosts SNL while he was a cast member? Yes. Yes. You are correct. So that is just my... he and he was and he was like on there for a short amount of time like yeah, two was, years maybe? it wasn't very long i don't i thought it was more than that but I, I could be wrong but yeah it was it was not long at all because they because he realized he was like they'll be the biggest movie star for like a seven-year run there too right so that's good go ahead um so my next up i'm going to take i'm gonna also go snl here and i'm gonna go mr robinson from <laughs> yes <SNL. laughs> yep the <laughs> The, the the playoffs that they do um from Mr. Rogers, it's so good. And he's so funny. And again, that's the type of comedy that like they're they play off stereotypes and it works. Like nobody's offended, mm-hmm. nobody's pissed off, only idiots are, and it's just so good. I have to go with Mr. Robinson. Awesome. I'm gonna take an animated one. I'm gonna take Mushu from Mulan. I sure. I love Mushu. I love the movie Milan. That's probably one of my favorite Disney movies, especially from that time frame. Like not a people, lot. I shouldn't say not a lot of people like that movie. It's just probably not as high as on a lot of people's list. It is for me. I thought the animation was really good. The music was really good. And Eddie Murphy's character, Eddie Murphy was a really good voice actor, and he was underused for that purpose. So, that's my pick there. For sure. Uh, next up. Um, what am I? Third pick. Yep. Fourth pick. Fourth pick. Fourth pick. Fourth pick. 
Uh, I'm going to go Rudy from Dolomite is my name. Mm -hmm. Oh, I like it. Uh, just, just, it's a short, it's a newer movie of his. Um, it's not as, um, you know, well-known as his other properties, but it was a good movie that came out last year. Um, and he just, he plays a very, I'd say he plays one of his more diverse characters in terms of like funny, but emotional, somebody that you like grapple on to their, um, you know, just what they're doing and what they're trying, what they're going through. And I thought he played in, I thought he did an incredible job in that movie. So I really liked him as uh, in that role. Awesome. Uh, my fourth pick, I'm going to take Axel Foley from Beverly Hills Cop. Um, For sure. All of them are super solid. All of them have really good action and really good, really good comedy to them. Um, I was showing this movie, these movies very young. Again, probably more younger than I probably should have seen these movies, considering some of the humor in them and some of the way that Eddie Murphy talked in them. But right. I loved it. Uh, that's my fourth pick. And to finish it off, I am going to take... Uh, this is a toss-up. I'm going to go with Ray Gibson from Life. Okay, interesting. It's I know Life is not one of his like very highly regarded movies, but I enjoy that movie a lot for whatever reason. Um, you know, him with him alongside um now I'm blanking on it. Uh but I thought I I enjoy the movie. I have fun with it. It's not like a super serious movie. It's just mm -hmm. it's a fun movie and I enjoyed it a lot. Awesome. Um this was kind of a two for one pick because they are essentially the same person, but at the same time they're not. I'm taking Sherman Clump slash Buddy Love from Nutty Professor. Uh for sure. I <laughs> watching this movie going growing up was a lot funnier than it probably is now. Especially like the scene, like there's a scene where he's having a nightmare. And Sherman is like a much larger, he looks like a Godzilla version of himself. Like he's like that big of a proportion and he's like going down the street, destroying stuff. And he eats like a taco or something like a miniature taco. And then he farts and destroys half the city. And I, for some reason, just think that's the funniest shit in the world. Like, I don't for know. Sure. It was, it was, uh, it was fairly hilarious. I mean, I, there's so many good characters from that movie. Um, I wouldn't say good. I'm just, just glad you went bits. that route. I'm just glad you went that route instead of um, uh, going with Norbit. Yeah, Norbit sucked ass. I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> like, if we if we were to do honorable mentions, like, honorable mentions would be the entire Clump family that he plays because he plays them all very well. And a lot of his movies, right. he does those kind of, like, extra roles. And just, he had, he had a lot of great character, like, side characters. For sure. Um, do you have any honorable mentions? That would be it. It's just like the clump, the entire clump family. Uh, maybe okay. Dr. Doolittle, the first one, because I did genuinely like yeah. the first one. Very nostalgic. Yeah. I can't remember the character's name, but definitely nostalgic on my side would be the dad and daddy daycare. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one that came out when I was really young. The other thing that was on my list, and this was my, this was my like tough one to go with between him and Ray Gibson and Ray Gibson ultimately won out because it was actually a movie, but I was going to go himself during the, uh, his raw tour. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Oh, Eddie Murphy raw is such a good, like such a good album. And every second of it is incredible. 
And like I said, I went with Ray Gibson eventually just because he it is his like it's a movie versus a, a comedy album. So No, I love that. That's awesome. Excellent. Let's uh let's award this pod. Let's award the pod. You can go ahead here. Uh so mine we talked about a little bit earlier, but Paul Ricci. Um I I don't know if I can talk well enough about this movie and especially his performance, but the Sound of Metal, if you haven't seen it yet, please take the time. It's two and a half, three hours, so you have to sit down and watch it. But it's such a good movie. And Paul Racy, like, he hasn't, like, had a ton of movie roles. Like, this is probably his most well-known movie, and that was before he got the Oscar nomination for it. Um, he just does such an incredible job in this role. He's such an interesting person if you look at his lifetime, like, if you look at his like biography on IMDb, he's such an interesting person because he was born to fully deaf parents, uh, but he can speak. So he's very, he, and that's why he's fluent in sign language. He was, he's a Vietnam vet. He's part of like a metal band that does sign language while he's singing. Mm -hmm. Like he's such an incredible guy. Like he's lived such a life and I am just, I'm so happy he got the Oscar nomination for this movie and I will be rooting for him every step of the way for him to get the, for him to get that uh, Oscar. That's awesome. No, that is one that I definitely do need to sit down and watch. I'm kind of upset at myself that I haven't yet, but I do like to like look at the nominations to see what is nominated and then go from there as far as what I'm, I'm watching. So I do, I will catch up here. I'm finally going to have a little bit more time. Sound of Metal, Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I know, I know. Amazon Prime, that's the last thing I'm going to say. That's the last thing I'm going to say is for those of you listening and Alex, <laughs> it's on Amazon Prime and it's free. Everybody has Amazon Prime. Just Just watch it. it. Just do it. Um, so I'm going to award the pod. Do to, it. I'm going to award the pod and I'm going to kind of do the same thing and just kind of congratulate like uh, Carrie Mulligan, Emerald Fennell on just having Promising Young Woman nominated like again it's something you haven't seen but i did that i really liked i i loved it i absolutely fell in love with it kaylee my wife loved it absolutely too and not as easily accessible it is on video on demand hopefully it's going to come to some streaming service at some point here um just a, it, it takes you for a ride that's all i can say it is a dark comedy more sure. dark than it is comedy but there are some funny bits yeah. in there um it gets really dramatic towards the end it's just a solid movie. So please check it out. Please cheer for it at the Oscars. All the above. For sure. Excellent. All right. You have anything else? That's all I have. Excellent. Well, as always, I'm Alex. And I'm Nathan. We'll see you next week. Go watch a movie.